Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Namaste, my friends. This is Alec Vishal Rubin, your bolder brother, here to welcome you to another episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. Today, we have a gift for you to introduce someone who imprinted me at the very start of my yogic path, Valerie D'Ambrosio. For over two decades, Valerie has been guiding people to create extraordinary conscious connection. And, and yoga is a fantastic vehicle to support people in pausing pausing to turn inward, pausing to have deep inquiry, pausing to breathe. In this world, when we live in a society that is so full, and gosh, we live in a glorious time, but it's like it's so full, and where do we create the space? And yoga is a fantastic vehicle to do that and then to just be with what comes up. Tune into this conversation with Valerie to reconnect in relationship with yourself, cultivate an awareness of mental health, and connect to spirit in order to thrive in life. We hope that you truly enjoy this episode of the Yoga Revealed Podcast. Namaste, my friends, and welcome to Yoga Revealed Podcast. This is Alec Vishal Rubin, and it's such a pleasure to be connected with you. Today, we're here in Boulder, Colorado, and I'm sitting across from the one and only Valerie D'Ambrosio, and it is such a pleasure. Thank you, Valerie, for taking time out of your schedule and to share with us that which you are transmitting into the world and so fearlessly creating. Thank you, Alec. I'm Thank honored. you. I'm Thank you, honored. Valerie. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't mind, we love to start the podcast off with... Uh, a little synopsis of how yoga found you and what your background is. I remember a little bit of the story, but I'm excited to hear the story again, uh, eye to eye and mm-hmm. heart to heart. So mm-hmm. if you could share with us your story of how you found yoga. Yeah. So I was living in Chicago at the time. I was 20 years old and I um, was definitely going through some pretty deep stuff and I was a workoutaholic and a workaholic 
And um, I was starting to be extremely strict in my life, like type A personality, do everything perfect, perfect, perfect. So Bikram was a fantastic thing for me. And um, I practiced Bikram, but it wasn't your normal Bikram. It was, um, my teacher was actually, it wasn't a heated room, which was actually really good for me. Mm. Didn't know that it was supposed to be heated, but my teacher was Shel Silverstein's um, nephew, uh, niece. And um, Shel Silverstein is an author that I used to read when I was a little girl. And mm. so that was pretty powerful for me. Mm-hmm. And um, she, um, so I took from her for many years, pretty much for five years and about 23 years old. Um, at this point, I had kind of gotten really knee deep in controlling every aspect of my life um, down to my food and my workout even more that I was anorexic and um, not doing well. And I was about 23 years old and I was in half pigeon and um, I started laughing and crying at the same time (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't know what was wrong and I I looked at her and I was like what's wrong with me and she was like it's okay we still have a lot of emotions in our hips and I think that's when something opened up in me that I scratched my head and was like what and at the same time I also was like oh yeah there is and I just had this inner kind of knowing a remembrance in that moment um, that um, helped me to start looking beyond the mat so for me yoga was definitely a vehicle that I used strictly for the physical at first mm-hmm. absolutely and um, and then doors started opening and it introduced me to some of my other teachers that I ended up studying with for many years like Carolyn Mace and um, Marion Williamson and things like that mm. so how did you begin to overcome uh, the, the challenge of anorexia through yoga? Um, through yoga. So, um, I mean, I think that yoga helped me to peel back more layers of myself unconsciously, and which is what it does so beautifully without even trying, right? So it, um, I think the more that I was on my mat, and although I was there for the physical, as I was deeply moving my body and in- intentionally breathing, Um, and dropping in and creating space where there wasn't really any other than in that room. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I, um, it actually helped me to come to this pivotal point when I was 25. And at that point I was 84 pounds and completely disgusting and anorexic, disgusting. And I say that with all tremendous love toward myself, by the way. Um, (laughs) but Uh, I actually just like flipped the switch and I just started eating one day um, when I went to visit my family for a reunion because I grew up on like chips and and sugar and uh, fast food and um, antibiotics and so um, but I hadn't touched that stuff in five years. And so I just started eating and, um, and then I just didn't stop eating and then stop eating for uh, a month and in a month I gained 43 pounds and I got really sick and my cholesterol got really bad and I tried to commit suicide and my friend saved my life and I think that ultimately like what for me the yoga was the the, it got me to the yoga brought in my life from my perspective the two by four that came in where the universe said we can't do this anymore to you I can't do this to myself anymore my spirit said no more I didn't hear the signs prior so yoga I think helped me to actually peel back those layers to get to that point of saying no more, even though everything on my external, my ego resisted it, of course, um, because my worst nightmare came into fruition. I was fat and ugly and unlovable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that perfectionist piece of me, that type A of, of the thinner I get, the, you know, the more I lose weight, the more I live perfectly, then maybe I'll finally be lovable. And so I actually had to stop 
I chose to stop yoga and I was personal training at the time for three years. Um, no, two years. I was 27 when I went back. And it was really hard for me to, um, I just fought, fought, fought. And I was binging and fasting and binging and fasting for two years. And when I got back into yoga at that point, I went in, I started to study Anasara. And um, it was a love-hate relationship because everything inside of me was craving it. Everything was a craving, the softness, the playfulness, the heart. Um, yet my, again, my ego that only knew, you know, you do things exactly like this, you push, you force, you know, you, you breathe like that, you know, it's, it's as opposed to la, it's heart opening now and we're going to, you know, intentionally move. And, um, but I knew that something inside of me wanted it. Um, I resisted it for a while still. I would dabble here and there. And, um, and then I started to get deeper into vinyasa, which I feel like was the next stepping stone for me, which I think helped me with my healing even more. And um, I was at this whole entire time since I was 20 still studying with, you know, my teacher was Carolyn Mace and Tony Robbins and um, Marion Williamson. And then um, Sean Korn came into my life when I was studying vinyasa. Mm. And... Um, that was pretty profound for me. It took me a little bit deeper into this, uh, into the chakra work, because um, that was very much, um, and is probably, I think, still her work. Um, and then um, when I was about, so this is all a healing. It didn't happen overnight. It was a slow uh, a healing to self-love. I mean, the way that I look at my life and even you know that dark night of the soul for me with my eating disorder, it was absolutely about returning to self and loving myself, which I didn't. I loathed myself. Like I, I, I had no respect. No, I just didn't. There was nothing about me that I liked. And um, I think yoga has helped me to face myself in a way that didn't feel good for a very long time until I finally put my ego aside and I saw that there was something greater there than just this external being. And... Um, so it's been, it's been an awesome, awesome journey, you know, and I say awesome in the sense of even though there was the challenge and the pain, like that's life, right? And mm. so, but yoga is a fantastic tool and a vehicle to help us to navigate through those changes and those challenges and those twists and turns. <clears throat> and just like, you know, for me, like I said, going on the mat for so long was about having a nicer body, right? Mm -hmm. um, and now and then it became about you know very much like you know the the competition would show up hmm. or I would be you know comparing myself to other people and it would be this constant uh internal dialogue of the judger that was there being like you're not doing it right you need to do it better and I would fight when I was on the mat in the sense of like breathing really hard and fighting myself into a posture and it was interesting to now as I look back I see that through time and space, I slowly got softer and softer and softer. And all of a sudden, my practice now where I am, and I'm curious what the next evolution is, hmm. but is for me, I step on the mat and it is my sacred space. Like it's my time. It's my time. You know, yoga used to be very much about community coming together and being with my friends. And I love to go with my friends, but it's so personal. And it's a time I, I work with guides and angels. And for me, it's a time to play with my spirits and my guides. And 
it's so sacred to me um, and I don't care what the posture looks like and I don't care so there's a freeing and I don't fight anymore and so mm. yeah it's been a glorious journey mm. yeah well I, I first met you on the very beginning of my journey uh, at this first training and uh, for any of our listeners who have taken maybe more than one two or three teacher trainings you know I think there's always those few first people that imprint us on the beginning of our journey of diving deeper into studentship and um, one of the two greatest things that you imprinted me with was the the map of the chakra system as you mentioned and secondly which I'd love you to kind of comment on I remember you saying that we all have contracts soul contracts Mm -hmm. and people will come into our lives right on time and they will leave Mm -hmm. as it's meant to unfold which can be extremely distasteful uh, and uh, just very uh, opportunity built for uh, Mm -hmm. spiritual growth (laughs) so you know those for me were two amazing ways that you impacted me and I'm sure you've impacted thousands of other people with uh, those and many other Uh, ways of how you live your life so thanks for that little synopsis it's awesome yeah um when uh, through that uh through your synopsis and your life story when did you begin to uh uh, carry on through coaching and what what does that look like we hear it all the time you know life coach um uh, what does that mean to you and how do you share that with the world well, um, first of all, I want to say thank you for saying mm. that because that just warms my heart and means a ton to me. Um, so thank you so much. Mm. Um, I, you know, this has been a journey for me. Um, when I was seventeen, I picked up a book called Celestine Prophecy, and what it was a, it was again a remembrance of like, oh right, 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 I know this, I know this. Yet I dismissed it for a long time, and then when I started studying with all my teachers, <clears throat> when I was twenty, when I say study, I just voraciously read and and listened to audiobooks like nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. Tried to see them in person whenever I could, and then um, <clears throat> I I you know my my theory of life it was that you were either you were some people were born with a black cloud over their head and some people weren't. And I just thought that I was, and I thought that just, you know, I, that was it. And I, you know, I just didn't think it would get any better and it was what it was and, um, very victim mentality. And, um, I, you know, when you talk about the sacred contracts, that for me was a huge shift of perspective, which of course a miracle says that that's what truly a miracle is. And I started to, um, my view on life was everything was really hard. And when I, um, actually Carolyn Mace that's her that was in her book Sacred Contracts when she talks about you know before we come into this human form we are spirits and I believe this is entirely true this is belief I chose to take on right we are our beliefs and we choose our beliefs consciously or unconsciously and so um in that in 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 recognizing that you know we come into this lifetime and before we come in this lifetime we we make a statement we say okay I'm going to go into this lifetime and I'm going to work on x and in order to work on X, that means I need to have this kind of parent and I need to have these kind of things occur in my life and all these different things. So we make soul contracts with other spirits and we say, hey, you're going to be my parents and it's going to be really hard. And I want you to like, let's say that I come into life to learn self-love, which I believe that I'm here to do and then teach self-love, right? We teach what we learn. And mm-hmm. so um, 
so I, you know, my parents, I'm like, you know, don't show me the love that I need to receive. Don't do that. You know, you know, a sister that doesn't, don't show me love the way that I feel like, you know, and then, Hey, when I'm, you know, 33, let's meet and I want us to fall madly in love. And then I want you to totally break my heart and leave me, you know, all to learn and to return back to self, you know? And, but when we come in human form, we forget, we forget that we're spirit and we, it's a remembrance over time. And so for me, that shift of perspective, I mean, Alec, it's, it's wild, you know, I've been to astrology since I was 15 and I have had people look at my chart and literally like one woman literally looked at it, turned away and was like, and she just tapped my hand and I was like, what, what? She wouldn't read my chart. <laughs> and I've been told since I was young, like, oh yeah, it's, you, you know, it's going to be really hard for you until you're 42. And that you tell that to a 25 year old, you're like, you know what? Screw you. Yeah. You know, everything. So my view was like basically life shit on me. And um, so that shift of perspective really helped me to start seeing things differently. I'm like, hold on a second. I actually maybe chose my parents. I chose these challenges. I chose all this stuff. That means I actually maybe chose my astrological chart. And I shifted from to, to I actually am getting everything in life that I can handle. Like I can handle this. And I got it. And um and I think that, you know, for me in this, in my own journey of self-discovery, to me, it's about having as many tool, tools in our toolbox that we possibly can to support us on this journey. And um, as a coach, that's what I get to do. You know, mm. I've cultivated these tools over many, many years and I continue to do so. And I'm, I listen, I am not pretending that I'm sitting here talking about anything that people don't already know. Mm-hmm. And I'm also not saying that anything that I'm saying is actually my original thing. I mean, my teachers are amazing and um, I've learned so much and I'm not giving my power per se because I choose this path and I path and I also recognize that I have my own intuitive guidance and I see things. Um, yet I also am, 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 I can be humble enough, hopefully, to recognize also that I'm just here as a, as a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, to be a coach, to be, I consider myself, I call myself the connection coach. Because I believe everything in life is relationship. We're in constant relationship with our bodies, with our food, with each other, with our money, our intimate partners, our children. And it's the one thing in school that most of us were not taught unless we go to school for something like psychology. And how unfortunate because, or or maybe not unfortunate, but if that's the one thing that we weren't taught, then what are we doing? <laughs> you know? We're making it up as we go along and um, and as I was oftentimes living in either victim of life is happening to me or projecting out on the world and blaming everybody. And so when we start to learn to have healthy relationships with ourselves, with one another, learn to have healthy communication, learn to see things as opportunity, learn to not project our stuff and take full responsibility the more and more that we can learn to cultivate more of that inner, I want to call it like we tend to our inner self, you know, we tend to our inner, our inner beauty and our inner light, not from a place of arrogance, but from a place of compassion and love. And the more we do that, I really believe that then we show up because everything is energy and we re- everything resonates at a certain vibrational frequency. When we start to do that, we raise our own vibration. Mm-hmm. And in turn, because like attracts like energy, all of a sudden things around us start to change, range to raise their vibration. And so that's, I mean, 
that's my passion. That's my mm-hmm. huge passion. And, and yoga is a fantastic vehicle to support people in pausing. Pausing to turn inward. Pausing to have deep inquiry. Pausing to breathe. In this world, when we live in a society that is so full, and gosh, we live in a glorious time. But it's like it's so full, and where do we create the space? And yoga is a fantastic vehicle to do that, and then to just be with what comes up. Mm. But instead of learning, instead of just going on automatic pilot of judging the voice that comes up, or judging what the person's saying in front of the room, or judging our body because it's not showing up in the way, or judging the pain that we're feeling in our body, instead we learn to witness. Mm It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm. When you have uh, perhaps diverged off of uh, connecting with yourself and having a healthy relationship with yourself, um, which it seems that you had experienced for quite some time, uh, perhaps maybe over the last, let's say, five years, in certain situations when you have felt you've maybe diverged a little bit, what have been some tools that have helped you come back to your center? It's a great question. It's a great question. And first of all, I think that's inevitable. Mm. Um, I believe that falling, veering off of our path is actually useful because what it ultimately does is it means that, that it's time to grow. <laughs> right? Mm. It's that time to grow. <laughs> and what we do naturally as human beings is that's when we oftentimes flail. It's like, ah! this is happening you know but again if we look at it from the perspective that everything's happening not only perfectly for me and everything's happening that I can actually handle um I believe it's imperative to have as many tools in your back pocket that you can and to have five tools at least that you know that are like you got it because I know that I when I'm rolling through life and I'm riding the wave pretty and um maybe I'm feeling great and it feels feels eloquent and easeful Mm -hmm. You know, I dig in, I have a tool, you know, I do this. and But when I start to experience more tumultuous times, I mean, I will reach into my toolbox and grab this one and that one and now that one and that one and I will fight and force. And so there's two different things um, I would say to that wonderful question. And one is that, you know, I believe that returning to self and self-love is absolutely imperative. Yet I also know that we are here on this planet together for a purpose we're not supposed to be alone Hmm. and so in the moments of when you just can't see your light you just can't remember it's to make sure that you have believing eyes around you that are not going to try to fix you that are not going to jump into your story that are not going to um you know try to like I said like fix you or make things better that they'll they're just there for you to to witness you and hold your hand on the human journey and just support you and let you know that they're there and to validate I think validating and acknowledging one another is something that so many of us weren't taught like really being able to hear somebody and not change it just going I hear you that's hard I hear you. That's a lot. I hear you. That's painful. What we do instead, and this is no, we're no judgments. What we do. Oh no, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. Let me get a tissue for you. Don't, don't, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. And that's what we're taught to do because 
either we're uncomfortable with their uncomfortable emotiveness and we don't want to feel that so we in turn just want to push it away or we want to fix it so badly because that's what we think our job is to do but instead to have somebody just acknowledge and hold space for where you are in that moment it's huge now take that another step deeper is acknowledging and validating ourselves so it's really like learning to when we go to that time and we recognize like oh my god I totally did something. I said something that I I'm not proud of. I I I'm not um pleased with the way that I'm moving in the world. I'm really beating the crap out of myself right now and it's in the moment of pausing of going, "Of course you are." Hmm. It makes sense you are and it's okay you are. And I want you to know that I love you even when you're flailing. And when you take a type A ex or recovering type A, an ex professional, I mean perfe- perfectionist, and you you ask and you know to to build that muscle because that's what it is one that's not been used so it's a little teeny teeny muscle to say you know what in the moments when you feel really messy when you are flailing all over the place mm-hmm. internally and potentially even externally you know and i'm talking about anywhere in life whether it's that um you know you're you're maybe you're not in the career that you want to be in maybe your bank account is super low than you want it to be maybe you're you're having a really hard time in your relationship these are not things that we feel good feeling. And so we do certain things to push away and to not feel whether that's to project or blame or we go and overeat or overdrink or overexercise or overwork or whatever it is that we do and instead it's like can we learn to just have some compassion for ourselves in that human journey and instead return to self and basically hopefully and this is my work is to come and drop into that big capital T which I didn't have for a long time of trust. Mm. A trust that something greater is occurring that we're not here in this world so I alone and so there's you know so have as many toolboxes tools in your toolbox that you can um, having believing eyes around your life in, in your life mm. acknowledging and validating yourself mm. um, self-compassion you know and um, of course there are intricate things like return to your mat and breathe and so on and so forth but the other piece is is recognizing that you know i believe that we're you know <laughs> we are not the only beings on this planet i also believe that in a physical realm we have a gift of having a human body to actually move through certain things i definitely believe that we have and i have since i was a little girl that there are angels and guides around us in all moments and i believe and i was taught this from my psychic who i studied under for a long time that we literally have our own 33 guides with us at all times that's like having your own little football team with you how radical (laughs) and that that when I remember when I found that out I exhaled and I chose to take on that belief and I was like oh my gosh like I'm I, I I'm so supported right now and so I truly you know return 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 again to I am so flippin abundant and when I come from that perspective of abundance and gratitude and and graciousness of what is in my life even when I'm experiencing the flailing and the catabolic energy the negative energy or anything I get an opportunity to feel something beautiful in that chaos perceived chaos Hmm. so I feel like those kind of things and a myriad of other things help me to um stay with self as much as i possibly can and sometimes i don't and then the return back to self after maybe some time that i didn't whether that's a day a week or a few weeks or how who knows how long it's like it's like Mm. having an injury not being able to practice 
or being sick, not being able to practice, and finally being able to practice, you're like, yeah, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. It's that, you know, it's beautiful. Uh, mm. So those those tips that you offered were uh, very profound, and I find that perhaps they may be easier said than done. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> you know we hear them and we see them and we're like, yeah, yeah, right. duh, totally duh, like yes, obviously self compassion, this and that, and the other ones that you said. You know, what happens mentally when this shroud, this big dark cloud and our good friend loneliness comes and shows her happy ugly face Mm -hmm. you know how do we what's the mental conversation with ourselves to notice what's happening before we kind of swallow ourselves into the the sorrow that makes sense oh my god are you kidding i think that's actually really a profound um question in the sense of it's inevitable Right. It's inevitable to go down that track. And it's um, so what happens when we start? And so, you know, a few things. um, Yeah, absolutely. It's easier said than done. One hundred percent. I mean, (laughs) these are simple, yet they're not necessarily easy per se, Mm. Um, especially if we have been, you know, if you think about how long you've been on this planet, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, depending on, you know, how old you are we've been conditioned in a certain way of being for a certain amount of time and life continues to show us that that no this is it this is it this is who we are this is who we are and now we've created an identity and people around us are expecting us to show up that way so all of a sudden we start taking on a new way of being and like i said if you think about it like a muscle that's never been used maybe um or maybe a little bit at some point in your life and you're learning to rebuild this muscle and um returning again returning again and returning again so certain things like rep i believe repetition is the mother of all skill and so it's infiltrating yourself with this information as much as you possibly can obviously not in the sense of where you're going to um you know watching watching the perfections come in but um hmm. but where it's in the sense of like you know do you do what you can to continue to let this be the new languaging because you have a language mm-hmm. that's already in your head that's usually the old story right. and so when we start to do it is that and, and, and the other piece that I want to speak about this is that what we do is you know I love that you prefaced it like this is the thought what do you think and and what I want to just speak to briefly is there is so much more which I know you know this than our than our mind and I believe a huge tool in that is recognizing that um, we are we are thought body, we are feeling body, we are breath body, mm-hmm. we are spirit body, and in that we experience sensation as well. And so I believe in really having a relationship and knowing these aspects of ourselves between, let's say, just thought, feeling, and sensation alone, to know our strength. And our default. So what I mean by that is that I am a thought and feeling person. Those are my strengths. I feel, I feel big, I feel big, I feel big. You take the you take the feeling so much, it becomes overwhelming at times when it's excessive. You take my thought where I try to figure and figure and figure and figure everything out. I'm not really, I'm looking at it from a life from a very five sensory way. Only what I can see, feel, hear, and touch, taste, you know. In addition to that, if I'm trying to figure everything out, that means that what I'm trying to figure out to happen for the future, I only know what I know. And so I'm going off of my past experiences as opposed to when we open to sixth sensory way of being more intuitive and feeling our way through life and opening up to possibility. Mm. I'm not limiting myself with my mind. So in those two things, what I recognize and my belief is that 
being living in a very volatile environment in my childhood, I believe that I'm a very sensitive and empathetic person. And I came into the life that with this life that way. And so ultimately in that, I experienced a lot of sensation, emotion, um, pain that was physically painful to my body. And I believe that I learned ways of not feeling my physical body. And so for me, that's why I love to move my body. I love to do all this stuff. I love, when I get massage, I want deep massage, you know? Yet at the same time, when I start to experience something in my body, I go, in, in, I go overboard to the feeling of it in the sense of like, it feels painful. It hurts, right? I go to the thought about it, about what's really happening here. Like what, maybe this is because of that, because then I try to figure it out instead of just feeling mm. like if my lower back is, I'm if I'm experiencing sensation in my lower back, it's dropping into body and just checking in of, hmm, I'm feeling heat in my lower back. I'm feeling a contraction in my lower back. Instead of adding meaning to it or trying to fix it or change it, because the fixing or changing is running away from myself. And so I think that in developing this deeper relationship with all aspects of ourselves, we're able to, when we do find our chitta mind does start to go, we pull our back yet ourselves back with yes mantra and yes, infiltrate yourself with as much of this information as you possibly can on a regular basis, as well as have relationship with these other parts of our body. And in that moment of the thought going down is going, hmm hold on a second, what am I really feeling? Mm. I'm feeling angry. What else am I feeling? I'm feeling really sad. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Where are you feeling it in your body? I'm feeling like my heart is just, it's like, it's like caved in. Oh. And just be with ourselves instead of run and fill and change and shift. So it's just a dance. It's a constant dance. Um, and also that I think that a, a huge ingredient is knowing we will forget hmm. and we will fall off the quote unquote fall off the track. There's no way that we won't. I mean, I think the more and more we become aware and we show up and do the work, the muscle gets stronger, yet life happens. Hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, hopefully that answers that question. I think it but. does. I think it does. And to me, it's like, you know, when it has been succeeded, you know, in that moment of just noticing, to me that feels like peace. So then, Beautiful. in that, in the next question would be, when are you at peace? How are you? How, how does that feel when you're at peace? And uh, where? Yeah. In your life, are you at peace? <sighs> so. I might start to cry. <laughs> um, I was going through some pretty tumultuous personal things the past um, two weeks that were very challenging. And, um, and I love tears because it's such a beautiful expression of emotion. Mm. Um, and there was something so profound that happened. I felt so out of body, you know, like I felt... I just was so in my head, which is a place that I'm used to, right? And I was really practicing being like, you know, kind to myself as I was in my head and using my tools. And and then um, my friend um, texted me on Thursday and said, I don't know your plans, but I have tickets to um, Pearl Jam this weekend and tell you I. I've never seen Pearl Jam, but I love them since I was younger. <laughs> 
And um, Telluride's my, between that and Crested Butte, my favorite mountain towns. And I was like, I'm doing it. So I canceled appointments. I changed everything. I drove to Telluride. And I was still in my head all the way there and still in my head mm-hmm. and noticed the judger coming in and beating myself up a little bit. And, and I got there and I exhaled for sure because to me, being nestled in the boobs of a mountain, I mean, like, I'm, I'm pumped, you know? That's what I feel like. I feel like, like, mama's got you. Don't worry about it, you know? Yeah. Oh, when you're just surrounded 360 by them, it's like, so, and then, so, so for me, it was returning to nature. It was space by myself. It was dancing and shaking my tail feather to Pearl Jam and listening to music. It was um, being in, in nature and on my bicycle. Hmm. And I experienced joy again and peace again. And so I knew I was there the moment I pulled my car up and, and got my bicycle out. I knew it because I saw the green. I saw the flowers. Hmm. I smelled the air. Hmm. I heard the creek. So I think for me, it's knowing what feeds my spirit. Music feeds my spirit. Dancing feeds my spirit. Nature feeds feeds my spirit. Biking feeds my spirit. Space feeds my spirit. And so I feel this peace and this joy. And I really, truly feel. I remember standing there. I stopped in the middle of dancing at Pearl Jam. And I put my hands up in a receptive mudra with my palms open. And I closed my eyes. And I just heard Eddie sing. And I received I just stood there and received it. And I was just like, and I let the vibration into my heart. And I felt literally like every cell was dancing in my body. And I felt my vibration start to rise. Mm. So that's when I know. And I'm so grateful. I don't, I, I, whatever I do, I do, I do whatever I can to make sure I do not take that for granted. And so that's what these tears are about, Mm. about that returning back and feeling that deep connection with with god with spirit and self it's beautiful oh sister the uh, the experience that oh, i just got chills the experience that that you're feeling from pearl jam i the last time i consciously know the last time i felt that was june 18th 2016 uh, at Red Rocks mm. with Odessa mm. and it just pulls out string chords in my heart and uh, I had a very similar moment yeah. and tears were just coming through. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I just and I just want to remind everybody but you know having, you know, these tools in our toolbox of the sense of what feeds my spirit because I hear for you it's also music, right? Mm. And so when we know what feeds our spirit this, these are great things to come back to because if you look at those moments where we feel chaos or we feel fear, or we feel these catabolic energies, if we just pause for a moment and we go, wait, hold on a second. When was the last time I did X to feed my spirit? And just knowing like three to five things, you know, um, it's, it's a great tool. Mm. And then making space to do it. <laughs> mm. Two more questions, my dear. Yeah. If you had one day... 24 hours, which I think is like 84,000 seconds, 600 seconds to transform the world. What would you do? Wow. (laughs) Wow. 
Can this involve superpowers? Sure. <laughs> um, I would have the superpower of my... I would have two superpowers. That my touch would open up a person's heart in a second to feel and be able to receive full love, full love, the frequency of love to the fullest and be able to receive it. I wouldn't take away the fear because I believe that there's a divine order, okay? I'm not, you know, I don't, but because I, you know, but to have that moment of somebody being able to potentially experience what and receive what love is, that's what I would do. So my touch would do that. And then I would have like, like speed of like lightning yeah. that I could go around and and touch as many people, if not everybody in this entire world, ideally everybody in this entire world on the physical realm mm-hmm. and touch their heart in a day, in 24 hours. Like Santa Claus, but I would do it all in like, you know. In a flash. Under, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. That'd be uh, astronomical and how the world would shift. If exactly. Everyone could feel that vibration, the vibration of love. Wow. We don't know what we know until we know. Mm. And when we know something and then we have, we know that it's possible there, you know, Mm -hmm. and then they can, they can tap into that. Mm. Um, Yeah. It it, it would be, and then who knows what happens from there, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. free will, but. Mm -hmm. Mm. And then last question. We we like to end at uh, the time of the podcast with what is one final golden nugget of wisdom that Valerie would offer to the listeners as if they were standing right in front of you and you had your hand right on their heart, one golden nugget of wisdom to offer. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I want to share and in the sharing, I don't want to get lost in the sense of there's that thing of, yes, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy or yes, that's something I've heard before. And that's, um, that's where I'm a little, I'm feeling this, um, this place of going, well, what is there? And I think that I want to just place my hand on somebody's heart and say, um, just, be kind to yourself, you know, be kind to yourself because you're going to forget and you would never, ever, if a little kid was learning how to walk and it was your child and if they were learning how to walk and they get up and they start walking across the room and they fell, you would never be like, get your shit together, come on and kick them or push them. Yeah, so that visual of like kicking a kid because they can't walk is powerful. And that's what we do to ourselves, Alec. Mm. So remember that kid. Because when you make yourself wrong and judge yourself for falling and forgetting, which you will do, you will do. (laughs) It's like just practice. And it's a practice. Like yoga is not about perfecting. It's a practice. Just practice that muscle of self-love and being kind to yourself. Mm. Thank you. Mm. How can our listeners find you? 
Oh, um, so my website is vdacoaching.com. VDA. Uh, yeah, V is in Valerie, D is in D'Ambrosio, A. Um, and coaching.com. And they can find me there. And I have, um, this year I'm taking the rest of the year off from retreats. Normally I do retreats every year for the past 13 years. And mm-hmm. um, that's where they can find out about, you know, where I do women's circles or where um, they can also find me on Facebook under Val D'Ambrosio. And um, just to find out different things that I have going on and um, join my newsletter is a fantastic way. I send out a lot of different coaching nuggets and I also have a few guests that I have monthly to support us like astrologically as well as through my shaman. Um, So that's kind of the best way. Yeah. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you so much Val for sharing with us the wisdom that has just been poured into you from the universe. Thank you so much, Alec. I'm so grateful. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. This is Alec, and I have pure gratitude to you, the Yoga Revealed community, for sharing what you hear on these podcasts with the world. If you feel called to embrace Valerie, the connection coach, and hold a session with her, go to her website, vdacoaching.com, and mention the Yoga Revealed podcast to receive $150 off your coaching sessions with her. Thank you for staying in the thread of yoga as we dive deeper and deeper into our practice together. Until next time, my friends, love life and shine bright. Namaste. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.